Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. So we are uh, starting to learn some pretty astounding details about what was allegedly going on in the Boyle household. And going on apparently around the time that the Boyle family would have been posing for those pictures in the prime minister's office a few months back. And I'm, of course, talking about Josh Boyle, who took his pregnant wife, Caitlin Coleman, hiking through Afghanistan, where they would both be taken hostage by the Taliban for a number of years and where she would have several kids in captivity while suffering the unimaginable nightmare. And you can only imagine. Well, a reporter with the Ottawa Citizen, Andrew Duffy, well, he did a lot of heavy lifting. This is a very, very hard job to get access to some court documents that have been sealed as part of a family court case. And the couple has split up. Caitlin's now at home in her family's uh, Pennsylvania home. But the stories she has left behind in these documents describe alleged abuse at the hands of her husband, and they are shocking. Here is the reporter on it, Andrew Duffy, who did all this heavy lifting, and he joins me now with some of the startling accusations. Andrew, uh, some of the details, uh, you know, not proven, of course, because they're allegations, are simply uh, not just revealing, but very shocking, if true, as to what this young woman, Caitlin, would have been possibly going through. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the documents are really disturbing in this case. Um, you know, Caitlin basically alleges that uh, she was physically and emotionally abused by Boyle over, you know, a fair period of time, when she was already going through this hellish experience as a, as a hostage of, of the Hakani network. And, um, you know, she says that, that her own husband treated her as an enemy and, and threatened to kill her by setting her on fire. Yeah. And, you know, it's already bad enough that she was pregnant in the state that she would have been being a woman in that particular country and situation. You can only imagine um, what, in fact, she would have been going through. But the allegations are part of this family uh, court dispute and not easy to come by because those cases are are protected by publication bans. But because this is so high profile, um, you guys did the heavy lifting to get this ban lifted uh, to be able to reveal this information. Yeah, we we thought this story was... Um, you know, a, a compelling story in the public interest, you know, because this family has um, been in the public's eye for the better part of five years, and longer than in the case of Boyle. And um, so the paper went to some considerable difficulty mm-hmm. um, to get this case, to get the documents in this case unsealed. And now that we're unsealed, you go back all those months when the prime minister had this family in their office, and it raises a whole lot of other issues because you look at this woman and you think there were an awful lot of warning signs that no one saw. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. I don't know that um, the PMO would have investigated any of that. I can't really say what they were thinking. No, but it certainly it raises a lot of questions because the picture itself and when that meeting came out between the prime minister and, and this family, a lot of people said something doesn't add up. And now that we see the revelations in the documentation that you guys were able to get unsealed, there's been a lot going on behind uh, the scenes. And I was surprised that they knew each other for as long as they did um, and the, just the, the volatility of the relationship itself. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing that the documents in this case really reveal, is that this was a, a troubled relationship for a long time. Um, you know, they, they got married in 2011, and less than a year later, Caitlin was trying to, had already initiated a divorce. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's only by virtue of the fact that, that Boyle went to visit her in Pennsylvania that they got back together and and launched this trip to Central Asia. And, and you know, Caitlin says that she had no idea that they were going to go to Afghanistan until they actually hit the ground in, cent- in Central Asia. And that's when Boyle revealed that, you know, he wanted to go to Afghanistan uh, on a journalistic venture. Yeah, and what would she have done at that point? Because she'd be stuck in a foreign country with very little... Uh, I guess, help at her her disposal. Um, but she does allege in, you know, through your, your your coverage of this, she does allege that Boyle had interest in extreme ideologies for many, many years and believed that women were to be completely subservient to men, um, pointing to the marriage of Omar Khadr's, uh, you know, this sister that he, he was married to, Zanaib Khadr, um, as evidence of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been known for a while, of course, that, that, uh, this was part of Boyle's past that he had, he had married Cotter, um, you know, years ago, and, and subsequently divorced. But it's the first time that we really heard Caitlin describe right. him as uh, someone who is interested in extremist ideologies and and believe in the complete subservience of women. That's that's what she alleges in those documents. Right. And there's still criminal matters and, and, and um, court matters uh, that need to be deal, dealt with. But the judge in this particular case gave Caitlin sole custody of the kids. Um, and that's not a determination. That may, in fact, go back and forth in time. But she acknowledged the extreme tragedy of this case and wanted the kids to go with Caitlin because I guess she looked at it and said, if I hold them here in this country, it will be like holding them hostage again. Yeah, that's what she said. I mean, she had she had a difficult job. I mean, I mean these custody battles are always, or oftentimes, are ugly. And this one was exceptional on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. And but But, you know, she didn't really decide sort of the facts of what happened in Afghanistan, because they both make allegations about what happened there. She was really making determination about what's best for the kids right now, and she decided that it was best that Caitlin go back to Pennsylvania with the kids, and that Boyle have no contact with them. Uh, you know, and and in part she decided that on on her finding that Boyle's allegations about Caitlin's mental health there was there was nothing else to substantiate them, and she said that. You know, Boyle had made these allegations that she was basically unfit to look after these kids by herself because she had an undiagnosed or untreated mental health problem. But the judge said there was no evidence beyond what Boyle had said about that to actually support that idea. Well, gee, I mean, a normal person would have multiple after going what she had gone through. But nonetheless, um, it's still a he said, she said, so it will be determined in court. But she's back uh, in her home and expecting child number four, which surprised me. Yeah, that's right. Their fourth child is due any day now. Um, I mean, for all I know, she may be in labor right now because I, I tried to get in touch with her but was unsuccessful. Jeez. Well, what a, a picture this paints. And, of course, we have to say that he, he denies all these accusations. And, in fact, he suggested she was the aggressor, that it was he who was the caregiver to the kids because she just couldn't handle um, handle it in, in custody. Yeah, no, exactly. He He says that, you know, he was the primary caregiver 
the primary nurturer of the children when they were in Afghanistan, that he did all kinds of heroic things for them, um, you know, went without food so that they could have more, you know, whittled toys and gifts for them out of a spoon, yeah. Yeah. Um, all kinds of things. Well, it's a it's a hell of a, a scoop and uh, a lot of unbelievably revealing detail, and we'll uh, have to stay tuned and see what the next chapter is. Andrew, thanks so much for joining me. Okay, you bet. Thanks. That is uh, Andrew Duffy. So you can read that article and all the details because it's a really long read and there are a lot of details that uh, came out of the documents. Uh, And you can read that uh, in the Ottawa Citizen, National Post. It's all over the place. But it is a really, really interesting, I think, perspective. You know, this is a guy who stood within inches and hung out with our prime minister. You know, this is a woman who... You know, there are allegations and unproven, but there's no question this this woman went through a nightmare. Let's, let's just sum that up. And um, to think of what, you know, she went through, and if any of these allegations prove true, to look at that picture now with all those smiling faces, and, you know, if it's proved that she was put through absolute hell by this guy, and then there they are posing pretty, not to mention with the feminist prime minister that we have, you know, it's not a good look. But uh, nonetheless, we keep getting these interesting chapters unfolding out of these stories, whether it's Omar Carter or Josh Boyle. Um, some interesting stuff that goes on. I'm Alex Pearson. This is On Point here on Global News Radio.